Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And today we have Darren Dawson here with us. He's the co-founder and president of BombBomb. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to hang out with you for a while. So Darren, do you feel like you're cheating because we're using a different video platform here? Do you feel... <laughs> That's good. No, I don't. No, this is, this is different, right? It's different than we, what we do. But we, I love these. These uh, platforms for doing this type of work is awesome. Anything that's face-to-face and uh, more human is what I'm about. So brilliant. So first off, the thing that I'm finding the most joyous in our conversation so far, because we were chatting before we went on the air, is your kids on the swings in the background. <laughs> yeah. just, you know, we're organic and with our families and uh, we're being human doing that. And yeah. it probably makes you a much more effective uh, leader, you know, having your kids right in front of you, right? I hope so. I mean, yeah, I want to be that. I, that's my best job that I have is being a dad, bar none. It's my favorite thing to do. So one of the things I learned in, during the pandemic is how much I need that. And the, you know, I was I was traveling a lot. I was a hundred thousand miles a year, and uh, gone a lot during the week doing work. Right. And then what the pandemic taught me is how much more of a balance I need for that. So I was thankful for that to get to spend time. I was taking them to school every morning, walking them to school, getting them ready for school. It was kind of a transition for me, but it was a very good one, needed one. So a friend of mine, he runs a company and he said the first two weeks of the pandemic were awful. Having the kids there, he's there. But he said after the two weeks, he shed all the old way of being and just embraced his family and his kids. But it took, it wasn't like an instant, this is great, but it took a sure. two weeks to get all the BS out of his head. Like what's yeah. really important because we talk ourselves into uh, work is really important. What I notice about the pandemic is this, is that before the pandemic, people like you and I, if we were chatting, you know, family is the number one most important thing. And the answer was bullshit. We're working we all the time. It. We weren't actually execute. We would definitely, I would have said the same thing I just said, but it means something different to me now. Yeah. Cause we're actually living it, breathing it. And I was talking with this uh, professor of sales at Northwest university. And he was talking about his latest crop of students. And he was saying, you know, these students are, and in my head, I was going lazy, entitled, no good, SOBs. That's not what he said. He said they're the most hardworking, dedicated people we've had in a very long time. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me more. He says, because when they were about seven years old in 2007, 2008, the people were losing their homes. People were, am I going to eat tonight? Are my parents going to be together? And he says, so they grew up in a depression era mentality. And mm. so they're basically, it's up to me. I'm working hard. I'm doing it. And what I'm thinking is your kids going through this pandemic where in the past it was like family's number one, but now dad's home, mom's home, we're all together. I wonder what they're going to be like as adults where they'll actually live it, breathe That's it. Great. That family great thing central. To think about. I have said that it's been like often my children are just off camera 
right while I'm working. And so it's been take your kids to work year, right? It's been, they've been here and my son often will, I'll get off. How many more meetings you got today, dad? I got three more. And he'll ask me questions about whatever the last thing was. Now he's not sitting here right now, but usually he is. And he's asking me about this stuff. It's fascinating. And my daughters will say, well, why'd you say that to them? Or were they in trouble? Or (laughs) why were you upset? Or it's just interesting, right? So it's, it tells me about a mirror image of myself of how I'm coming across too sometimes. True. And I bet you when they're adults, they're going to think back to that time and some of their leadership skills are going to come from eavesdropping on these conversations. Maybe. Yeah, I hope so. Pros and cons, both good and bad, perhaps. Absolutely. And before we get started into our, like our main topic, I noticed your t-shirt, it was rehumanized. And I think we right. live in this world right now that once again, we talk about caring and all that stuff, but it's almost like a checkbox. And very few people actually live it, breathe it. So what does rehumanize mean to you and to BombBomb? Yeah, it's it's about a state of mind. So our book was called Rehumanize Your Business. And that's what our product does for people. It helps people in their business to be more face-to-face with more people that matter to their business, right? But what we do at BombBomb, why you work at BombBomb, why you make sales calls, why you are in customer success and marketing, the reason we exist is to help rehumanize the planet and, and I know that sounds huge, but we just believe that people matter, that human beings have intrinsic value, and we're trying to enable that. And uh, our goal is that uh, we enable a human-human connection in the millions, not just in this business category. But as an example, if, if you're a nonprofit, we give you BombBomb. You can have it for free, especially if you're rehumanizing the planet. As an example... Uh, we support locally. Um, we we spend time there. We we do events with these people. It's 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 called Dream Centers here in Colorado Springs. It's a great organization. They actually have a free uh, healthcare clinic for women. So free healthcare, unlimited. They take care of you, checkups, all the good stuff. Um, and then they also have a program where they're getting homeless families off the streets. To, to me, nice. If you if you can't get healthcare. If you can't be taken care of, you're being dehumanized, right? Like you need to be taken care of. We need a community to take care of us. Also, if you're living out of your car with your kids, you're dehumanized. We we need to help these people. Um, I feel a corporate responsibility. When we started the business, the whole reason we started it, this is a longer story. I won't do it all. But Connor, my business partner and co-founder, he had gone to Africa and he'd seen a huge need there. And he said, man, I just got to do something about this. And we'd always try to start a business that could support this community in Africa. We never found one that was big enough until BombBomb. And so we were able to do that. We also support a community in Africa of widows and orphans who we have. There's now an orphanage there. There's a school there that's K through 12. We've built um, tilapia farms and lots of other things that make it self-sustaining. So we're not just shoveling money. We're being entrepreneurs to help dehumanize people get back on their feet and be productive in their lives and get after the things so they can be entrepreneurs. You know, if you're looking for food every day and trying to figure out where we're going to get clean water, you can't be an entrepreneur. And tons of these kids are are entrepreneurs that can change the face of their business, their country. So we want to be people who do that. And that's why you work at BombBomb. So Darren, uh, when BombBomb started and you sent out video messages, what was a way that you thought was really effective of sending a video message to start the first meeting? And how is that different today? Like, uh, what is it, 10 years later? Yeah, it's not different, but that's nice. what's 
interesting about that. I, I think um, the idea behind it originally was uh, we were in sales and marketing and we wanted more ways to connect with people at scale, right? So uh, I was a sales rep, right? I was an account executive and I had a book of business, but I realized that I only had so much time. Let's say I, I was working on a television station actually. So what would happen is they would give us a, a promotion they wanted us to go sell. Um, and I had these people that I was supposed to sell it to, but I only had so much time. I had like a hundred customers. How am I supposed to get to all of them with this thing? And I also knew though that I was better in person that I, I, I liked, I've always been able to build relationships. You know, I'm a, I'm a business development person at heart. So I wanted to send myself over video. That was the idea that Connor and I had. Like, and so we, we did one. We did one. Connor sent it out to his 100 people. It was a simple video. It was just like, hi, I'm Connor McCluskey. If there's anything I can do for you, uh, you know, please call me in my personal line. It kind of points and the number appears. We hosted that video on a server in a closet because nice. there's wasn't like now you can just host video anywhere kind of uh, youtube is yep. private there wasn't a camera on your iphone it was a long time ago and everybody was like how did you do that that's amazing so what we found there is yeah we were right human to human matters and that's why it hasn't changed uh, the messages are different but i can give you i know some of the best messages i still i did it this morning i spend every friday i try to send gratitude messages trying to encourage people um, those are the best. And so that might not be for a sales focus, but for me, it's internal, a bomb bomb. People I know I've heard about throughout the week who have been doing great work. Um, we're still remote, right? I'm here in my basement still. Um, so I'll send a message of gratitude to them saying, thank you so much. Listen, so-and-so told me about the work you're doing. I just want to tell you, thank you. It matters to me. I see you. You're important. Th this is how I retain the folks at BombBomb, I want them to still see me. So simple messages of gratitude. This can be to customers. Once we sign a new customer, I send them a video. I introduce myself. I say, hey, I'm the co-founder, the president of the business. Listen, you're in great hands, people you're working with. But there's anything I can ever do for you, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Here's all my personal information. Thanks again for trusting us with your business. Simple. It's just these simple messages that you would do. If you met them, you would say that, right? And, but we don't have the ability to, but, or, or do we? And it's just something like that is lost in, in a text message, I believe, or an or a email. It just it loses all of who I am. And I believe that we have abilities as salespeople, as customer success people, as people that technology just can't replicate. Brilliant. I'm not sure if Ann Landers is still kicking, but she would have loved this. This is the best way to say thank you. Better than a handwritten note. <laughs> we, we've been doing it that way for millennia. I think we feel all consumed by uh, the digital stuff, right? And But before this, and it wasn't that long ago, let's be honest. It's like the 90s is when it really started to like email shows up <clears throat> and then we get YouTube, we get, we get social media in the 2000s. It, it just hasn't been around that long. This has been around since we began, right? This face-to-face -face interaction has been around since we began. Frankly, the state of our world, I think, is in the chaos in points that it is because we do less of this, less of uh, having empathy and, and hearing each other and sharing ideas and different viewpoints and wrestling with them as people. We need to do that better. 
And so I just want to create a way to do that in business and in life. And that's what BombBomb is. Brilliant. So BombBomb, uh, if I remember correctly, were you employee number five, even though you're a co-founder? I was, I mean, so I was employee two. So, you know, Connor is my best friend. We, yeah. we grew up together. I've known him. We're from the same hometown in Michigan. So I know his sister. I know his mom and dad. He knows mine, right? We're tight. Um, we've done other businesses together. But yeah, he, he he's the one that quit his job first and jumped into the deep end of the ocean. I was like, no, you can have my money, but I'm going to keep this job. I have children. You don't. He wasn't even married. Yeah. I was just life circumstances. But yes, I was employee number five. Um, by the time I quit my job, we had hired our CTO. Um, we had a third co-founder, Kevin Dibble. He's still a partner, but he's no longer, uh, you know, we're managing partners in the business is how we kind of think about it. And, uh, and I think we had a marketing person and we had Joanna who was our like graphic design and web design and stuff like that. So yeah, small team. So one of your star employees is Ethan and, uh, I've interviewed him on the show as well. And yep. he's someone you worked with. So bringing him over was an easy decision. Known commodity, trusted, talented. Yep. So when you're right. hiring new people that you don't know, because everyone looks pretty on the first interview. So what are some of the techniques you use to really make sure you're bringing the right person into the organization? Yeah, Ethan, I've known for 15 years. He worked with me at the TV station. And what I knew about Ethan is he was smart and he worked hard. He was super smart, right? He's the smartest person I've ever known still to this day. I love that guy. I uh, just talked to him 10 minutes ago and he is a unique person. But to answer your question, early on, we adopted a process. It's called the who process. Because I think a lot of times what we do is we, we hire people according to our gut or what our experience is, or, or we tend to hire people like us, frankly. And you, you have to have more diversity in that mindset. You have got to have diversity in the ideally, I think startups and we were, we are, we fell to this. You hire people that, you know, frankly, they're the only ones that will work for you because it's too risky in the beginning, but if possible, hire diversity early. And the only way you can do that is by getting this, you know, everybody has to go through unconscious bias training these days. I wish if you're a startup, you you should think about that for yourself. What are the conscious biases I'm making? I think that this person's good at this because why? (laughs) Because they look like you or act like you. Don't do that. Like challenge yourself to think about it differently. But we did feel, we did, I think again, in a startup, like literally they risked as much as I did just going to take a job doing this thing. Then Ethan surely did, right? Versus now, now it's, this is a job it's stable. You're not going to miss any paychecks, like that kind of thing. But I think there's a challenge there. But the who process really helps us get rid of our gut thinking on that and go through a just a systematic way of how we do. Um, we do a screening interview. And then we do a who interview where we go elaborately with deep, very deep. They have questions that they help you think through how you ask people things about their career and what they're doing. But what I'm always looking for is still uh, smart, hardworking folks. And, and smart doesn't necessarily come from the university, in my opinion. Um, I look for hardship in people. Right. Kind of like what you said about uh, kids that came up through that era of the housing crisis. I, I love that because yes. if you don't have hardship, you, you, you don't have a level of what hard is. Or if your level of hard is too easy, 
you'll you'll have some a hard time in a company like this in a fast growing SaaS company. You, it's very hard, and it's very you have to be flexible, and things change all the time. What's interesting is the the way you are pronouncing hardship is freaking close to hardship. And I think you get a bigger heart and more courage when you go through tough times. That's right. So it's not an accident that they're like pretty close. They're not homonyms, but close. People, I, 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 I do not believe that success is gained without failure. It, I, it isn't. It just never has for me. I guess it can happen. But ultimately, if you haven't experienced any kind of failure or hardship in your life, it's hard to grow. So I use that. I want people that got perseverance, right? Perseverance. What does that look like? How do you hire perseverance? Well, look at what they've done. Look at the stuff they did in their life. And what'd you do in high school? What kind of stuff were you into? Um, you know, our CTO self-taught that guy was, that guy was coding at 14 or something, right? He just loved it. He loved it. So I, I think that's interesting stuff. And so can they do it? Can they do the job and like hire people, take Hire people for who they are going to be, not what their resume says and, and their potential to be that. I think it's so important that we get so wrapped around why, well, they've never done that job before. Yeah, but do you think they can do it? When you talk to them, do, you, do we all think that they can do Because I kind of think that she can do it. I mean, she did this and this and this. I mean, if, right, you need to train them on your thing and your process and how they do it. That's why smart, hardworking people typically gravitate to that and crush it. Absolutely. And it's, uh, I was reading this uh, book by Marcus, Marcus Aurelius. He was an emperor of Rome. And he had this one book that was kind of interesting. Like, you know, uh, business people will screw you over and uh, terrible things can happen. But his punchline was, at least you're not dead. Then he talks about family and politics. And that was his message. And I think when you go through hard times, you realize that you didn't die. When you're going through it, you feel yeah. like you might die. But on the other right. end, it's like, Hey, I didn't die. So I can do more courageous things. It just gives you the ability to do that. So Darren, companies get to a certain place and then all of a sudden they springboard. It's almost like viral videos. They need to get to a certain level. Then all of a sudden they get found more. Where do you think that's going to be? Or has it been for BombBomb coming up to where you are right now? Was there a point, an inflection point where you guys started expanding really quickly? Yeah. I, I mean, I call it a beachhead. You, you, yes. it's, it's a go-to-market philosophy, right? So you, you've got to find a customer, your ideal customer profile, that your business solves a problem for them the best, right? Now, because you can solve a lot of problems, but it's not the best. So because in BombBomb, for instance, our product would work for basically everybody. But who really do we really help more over than others? And so in, in early on in BombBomb, it was so, it was so early in video, um, the, the, the beachhead that we discovered was in real estate and in mortgage professionals, title professionals, nice. realtors. And um, that really helped us springboard. I think we went from, you know, maybe having 500 customers to 5,000 very fast because they, they have extreme word of mouth. They connect with each other, very connected individuals. They work all on the same kind of thing, but they have to be relationship driven in their business and how they speak to potential clients and things like that. So for us, real estate was a huge category, still is a massive category that we participate in. We have uh, relationships with every major real estate company in the world. 
So they know about BombBomb. They have users of BombBomb in that. And then in, we have the top 10 mortgage companies in, in the world that use BombBomb. And then the title companies all use BombBomb. So we've done really well there. Now, as videos matured, definitely as this work remote has matured, we've gone far more up market. The bigger organizations are adopting video all the time. And they're using that to connect with a, I call it like a personalized buying experience, right? So here's the deal. We all feel the same in the inbox. It's homogenous. Yes. All, all emails kind of look the same. And I think everyone's kind of doing the same tactics or they definitely have been through the pandemic. And through the pandemic, we just said, well, we'll just send more emails. So I'll give you an example. I just saw a statistic from a study that was done where it's saying the cost to acquire the customer post-pandemic has gone up 20%. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal. It's very expensive to think about that. If your cost to acquire a customer goes up 20%, that's, that's hard. What we got to oh, yeah. do is, right, we got to think about a better way to attract that customer. Maybe, maybe lessen the volume of the outbound engine, but make it more um, human in, in the way you deliver it. So it's like a more of a personalized buying experience. And, and a buying experience isn't just sales. It is the expansion of that customer or the lifetime value. Do I continue to buy more from you? Do I increase the amount that I'm spending with you through the lifetime that you're with me, right? So, that, or I'm with you. That's the idea that the most important analytic in any business is to grow the amount of revenue a customer is giving you. Yes. So either from, from the beginning of that customer or later on through them, you know, repeating, coming back, extending their contract, being with you for years, adding more seats, you know, whatever that might be. But that is the key metric. And I really believe the only way you can stand out if you have competition is in the experience you deliver through your people to, to these customers. So how are you going to do that? How, how, how do you make it feel different to work with you, right? Well, yeah. typically- This doesn't might, naturally. Right. Well, I tell you, email isn't the way. Texting isn't the way. Like um, robocalls isn't the way. I call those things digital pollution. And it's just because yes. it's gotten so out of hand. And what we deliver is what we call human-centered communication. And it's a part of this, again, personalized buying experience so that if I'm competing for the business and our products are very similar, so let's say you were competitors of our, like you have a product, I have a product, but we're very similar. Maybe we have the same features. Maybe I have a feature you don't, but and you have one that I don't. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the product is there. Then people are going to decide uh, to go with you or me based on what? The ex I would like challenge you. The, the experience that you provide while I'm interacting with you in the buying process. Yes. And, and for me, so what I want to do is I want to get my people engaged with the customer as much as I possibly can as humans, face-to-face. -face. I want them to see them. I want them to feel what it's like to work with BombBomb. I, and I think other companies, you need to help them feel what it's like to work with you. Brilliant. So Darren, before we part company, two quick questions. Number one, what's a mind hack you'd like to share with our audience that would make them more effective or happier? Well, I don't know if it's a mind hack, but I definitely have a, a process that I follow religiously. <laughs> uh, yep. Leaders are readers. You, you, you got to find that thing. But for me, I, I, I work out. I think that I, I learned that I had to work out 
it helps me focus. It brings energy to my life. Um, and it helps yes. me really work on the things that need to be worked on. Uh, if I don't work out, I feel I'm more tired, frankly. And so just physical activity. I have a buddy, his name's Jared James. He's, he's a great uh, real estate coach, actually. Um, and he has this mantra, did you sweat today is his mantra. And so yeah. I would encourage you to ask yourself that, did you sweat today? Cause it helps, it helps free stress when you're building the business, stress is a part of the thing. So how are you leaving that? You know, the, the job can take years off your life. It doesn't have to though, work out a little bit. Did you sweat today? That'd be the thing I'd give. Absolutely. And last but not least, uh, what two books would you recommend people read? One's going to be yours. So tell us a little bit about that and another book that you'd recommend. I think it just depends. You know, it's, it's like kids. It depends what age they are, what book you read. And that's how I think about business too, but I'll give you one. And thank you for uh, a shameless plug. Rehumanize Your Business, written by Ethan Butte and Steve Pastinelli. Ethan's our chief evangelist and Steve is our CMO. You know, um, this book is really fundamentally some of the things I've been talking about, about why being face-to-face -face is better or matters or how it could change your business. So check that out for sure. We have a new book coming out called Human-Centered Communication. should arrive around November, so look for that. But uh, the other book I'd recommend is called Growth IQ by a woman named Tiffany Bova. And it really outlines these different growth strategies that all businesses must be doing some of them. There's about seven of them in the book, but they're very interesting. Partnerships, there's one, your sales process, what you know, all about go-to-market strategy. And so if you're struggling with that, I definitely recommend reading Tiffany's book, um, Growth IQ. Brilliant. Darren, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you and I can't wait till our next conversation. Thanks so much. It was great to hang out. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 